Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect episode 308. Uh, We are recording this episode on Saturday, October 5th, 2019. I'm David Lott. Joining me for this one is Bobby Jackson. Happy Saturday, everybody. Yeah, good morning. This is a different time for us. Happy Saturday. I'm having coffee with my recording, which never happens. I know. Usually it's an alcoholic beverage of some sort. (laughs) Today it's coffee. (laughs) Today it's coffee. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we are here on a Saturday and a lot of times I would start an episode off going, man, we got a lot to talk about and we do, but today is going to be probably a little more single topic. Uh, Joker finally released this weekend and I know we all want to talk about it. Uh, I know you've seen it. I've seen it. Michelle has seen it. I haven't heard yet from Yasha if he's seen it yet. I'm sure he's seeing it at some point this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, just schedules this weekend with work schedules and such, we we cannot all get together on this important Joker weekend to discuss this. So uh, we're going to be, I think, splitting this up into a couple episodes because I know Michelle at least is dying to share some thoughts, but she just cannot be here for this. And um. We didn't, I didn't want to wait to get an episode out, so we're, you and I are going to record, talk about it, get this episode out there. Uh, another episode is probably going to be recorded, maybe even midweek, and uh, I know Michelle will be on there. Hopefully, Yasha can be there, too. Um, also, a friend of mine, uh, a co-worker friend who uh, ended up in the same showing as me last night, um, who I, you know, I, I am definitely a Batman fan. He, of the, of the comic book heroes out there, he's my guy. I, he, that's the comic book I grew up reading. So, I mean, I'm a big fan. This, this guy is a huge fan. <laughs> like he, yeah. he definitely takes it beyond me. His knowledge level of the Batman universe is way beyond my knowledge. And yeah, he had a lot to say last night after we walked out of the movie we stood in the lobby of the AMC for a while talking about it. And, uh, I could tell he, he kind of wants to like jump on and share his thoughts. So oh, nice. yeah, he might, we're going to try to work that out see if he can jump on the show as well. <clears throat> so yeah, a couple different episodes for now. It's me and you, Bobby. We're going to talk All about right. the Joker. Um, we're going to uh, probably do our normal routine. I assume talk about the movie without spoilers, probably want to jump into spoilers and if we do that we'll we'll give plenty of warning but uh you saw the movie thursday night right 
Thursday. Yeah, they had some four o'clock showings, and I got a chance to get into one of the four o'clock ones in the Dolby. So yeah. um, I saw it right away. Yeah, uh, I mean, before we get into it, this movie, I have never, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with this kind of atmosphere, <laughs> like going into a movie of just the, not even just about the story itself, but just the, the drama kind of surrounding people just going to the movie, like, you know, with people, I think, being even somewhat frightened to go see it because of yeah. concerns of violence and it it's weird. It felt like, you know, you go into the theater and seeing the signs at the AMC of like, Hey people, no, you, no costumes allowed, no mask. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like going in and there was, I, I, the theater I go to, I think normally, especially when you go in the evenings, you'll see, I think I usually see a police officer there, but this police officer was definitely like, you know, uh, how to put it a lot more ready. <laughs> like he, he had like the full, like vest and everything like he just seemed I I don't know I'm not putting this well but no I get what you mean like he was was SWAT yeah (laughs) yeah basically I'm (laughs) like come busting through the doors or something right right yeah no I think it I had read an article where they were saying that they were going to have plain clothes uh, cops in some of the theaters that would be obviously in there in the theater in case something happened as well as outside security and anything else that they might have had to offer. And, um, one theater down here in, in California, Southern California in Huntington beach to be specific had closed on their Thursday. I believe it was Thursday showings because of, uh, they had a, a threat at the theater. Um, Prior to any of the showings, I think it was, and they decided to not, uh, you know, close it down the the entire theater. So, um, yeah, I think they were back up and running as a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. But there's definitely, obviously, as you said, uh, an atmosphere around the release of this particular movie. Yeah, and I mean, I I definitely wanted to go uh, Thursday night, but had certain plans and couldn't do it that's why i ended up going last night instead mm-hmm. which is totally fine just the the fan in me wanted to see it as soon as possible but yeah i was where i and i was actually i was a halloween horror nights thursday night and uh while waiting in line for one of the houses i started scrolling through my facebook and already seeing so many reactions to the movie and i'm like man i'm actually shocked how many people friends of mine who wouldn't necessarily be the kind of people that, I oh, mean, I got to see this opening night. We're actually seeing it that opening night and very quick to share their thoughts. And, hmm. uh, yeah, then I got even more excited to see it, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious to ask you, Bobby, what did, what did you think overall of the Joker? Overall, my thoughts on the Joker is that it's a very well-made movie that, uh, I feel captures the spirit of who the Joker is in a way that um, I think mirrors some of the more darker tales of the comics of, of the character. Uh, it, the the origin story itself is different, which I think pre- for me presented some problems, not in the fact that it was different, but just um, without getting into spoilers, how uh, the amount of time it takes to get to where we're going. I will, I'll put it that way. Um, there, there is a slow build to it, 
where I think um, there's some aspects to what I would have wanted to see a little bit more in there. But just as sort of a character piece and, and showing one person's kind of descent into madness, I thought they did a really good job of capturing that and and honoring what the character is in his uh, madness, in his uh, state of his most chaotic when he's coming into being the Joker that you, you, you can recognize in, in a sense. And it felt like, it really felt like it was a, a real world Joker because it, there's no hint of superheroes in this movie. And, and it's all, they don't specifically say what time frame it's set in, but it's at least late seventies, early eighties, but um, it feels like that kind of a world and, and there, and it's Gotham city and Gotham city has always been such a, a cesspool of, of, of bad things. And, and you see within the backgrounds of news reports and, and uh, the newspaper that things are bubbling and, and it's, you know, about ready to pop and, and, and the Joker or in this case, Arthur Fleck is just this guy and his life is taking him down this path. And my biggest concern going into the movie, I think was, I don't ever feel like I should want to have empathy for the Joker. And I think with this, I felt like they did a good job of me not necessarily feeling empathy, but understanding, um, what caused him to become who he, who he is as the Joker and, and under, and getting that level of understanding from uh, his actions and, and, and things in his surroundings, his environment, because ultimately a lot of people will say the movie's disturbing. And I feel like that's kind of the point it, it's supposed to be. I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel it was glorifying the violence. It felt more like it was to me it felt more like it, it's a sort of a cautionary tale and an indictment of like the healthcare system and how it how little uh our our people in charge care about mental illness in, in poor communities and and how if you don't uh pay attention to those things something can come out of it so yeah i i, I felt like they did um a good job of getting that across to me, but I also understand how there are people who will read this in a completely entirely different way, which we always do in general when we watch movies. Um, me and you and, and, and Yasha and Michelle can all watch the same movie and, and take something completely different from it. And that's just who we are as people. But uh, for others out there, um, you can I can see where other reviewers who who saw them who saw the movie were uh, coming out of it a little afraid and and what that can mean for others who see it and yeah there's there's elements in there but um ultimately this is a movie about the joker and i think that's what you should go in expecting it's it's the joker at his uh most base as base aspect as a character that he is 
insane and he does things that you wouldn't necessarily uh, attribute to any you wouldn't attribute to any type of rhyme or reason it's just uh you can't figure out a madman's thoughts in a way so um i i I really enjoyed it and in the way that i i figured that a character of this of this stature would get a movie that does stick to the spirit of the character i would say that as opposed to other movies where they've tried it in a way like venom if you think about the 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 spirit of that character i would say it's kind of in there it's not necessarily as well rounded out and and i do have some issues with this movie as well but i think uh yeah in terms of trying to take a villain and 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 make it into a movie and sticking to what um source material says at least in spirit i think this does a really good job of that yeah this uh you know we talked about leading up when it was first announced like why are we getting like a movie that is focused on a villain and how is this going to work? And, and I remember you sharing your concerns about the, you know, are you going to feel too much empathy for a villain and you don't really want to? And I, I agree with that and definitely went into this last night going, all right, I'm ready. Like, is this a movie? It's, is this going to work? Like focusing on a villain like this? And I really wasn't sure what I was going to get. Uh, overall, I agree. I, I enjoyed the film very much. I thought the movie was pretty incredible, to be honest. Um, there were times sitting through it, I was unsure about what I was watching. But in the end, I, I, I walked out definitely thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta think about this. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel funky after watching it. I remember right. one of the first questions with my friend, uh, you know, Hey, what was your favorite part? And I was like, I don't know that I could say I have a favorite part. That seems weird saying a favorite part of a movie like that. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's kind of all pretty effed up. Like, but okay. You know, I actually, I never really answered cause I'm, I'm still unsure about that question, but yeah, I, I think it's an incredibly good movie. And one, you're gonna, you've heard already a million times, Joaquin Phoenix, he's so good in it. He, <laughs> he is. And it's one yeah. thing to hear it, but when you see it, it's just like, holy mother of God, like he's so good in this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no matter what it's- you think of the story, he, he, he takes it to another level. He's, he's incredibly good. What were you gonna say? I was just going to agree, essentially. it's To me, it's what he does with the character is, I think it's operating on one level that you can just already see that's good. I mean, not just physically, because he's very, like, uh, thin, gone, yeah. and to where you can see his bones and stuff. So it, it's it's a physical thing, but also the way he he acts the, the role. And you can see how it, it it goes, like throughout the movie, where it seems to get worse and worse. You can you can see him go through that. But what I think that maybe isn't as necessarily apparent when you're just watching it is that if you think about 
if you think about in all the different mediums how many portrayals there's been of the Joker, there's a lot. And if you and if you factor in cartoons, you know versions that they've had. If you also factor in comics and, and how he's written, and if you think about even television and film, there's been a lot of different portrayals, and yet for Joaquin to still find his own lane and, and think and do something that's the character, but still his own thing. I think it's uh, pretty incredible uh, it, because the most recent version of that, that we have is Jared Leto that is polarizing. Oh yeah. Some people like it. Some people don't. And, um, but he definitely was doing his own thing as well. But this is on a level that um, makes his seem cartoony in a way, very you know, over the top in a different type of way. But this is more uh, layered, I, I would say. And it's it's fascinating to me that one character can be played so many different ways, but still uh, that character. Yeah, and it makes it difficult when you get that question, which you hear all the time, like, what's your favorite Joker? Let's rank the Jokers from best to worst. Like, I kind of... And Batmans, yeah. And Batmans, too. But, you know, lately with Joker coming out, I've been seeing it a lot with that, the Joker character and it's one of those things I'm like I don't want I can't do that like Heath Ledger was amazing as a Joker and Joaquin Phoenix is amazing but they're two different Jokers like they're, yeah. they're the same character like you're saying but there's such different takes on it that to compare them is is almost impossible in my opinion I mean I guess you could say which one did you enjoy better but right. to say one is better than the other and I love Jack Nicholson I actually was fell into the camp that I didn't mind the Jared Leto Joker. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of it, but you know, it was different. Yeah. So I, I didn't hate it. Like I know it gets a lot of hate, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is like I said, like I was early on in the movie watching it going, yeah, I don't know. Like this is disturbing. And is this the kind of movie that's fascinating to me because I'm a fan of the Joker and Batman and are people who aren't just probably watching this going, why am I seeing this? <laughs> but yeah. as it ended, it, it was fascinating to watch a movie that gave you, it took a comic book character and put it in a situation where, yeah, this is about as realistic as you can get. Like if, if someone were to actually become the Joker, this, it would be something like this as real world yeah. as possible. And also give you that his kind of perspective as to why, like not glorifying it, not making you think, oh, he was right to make these choices, but being able to understand why there are people that are, you know, like this and mm -hmm. would go down this, this road and without getting political, it's, it can be very, you can relate it a lot to today, you know, and and making a point of maybe it, you really do need to put yourself in other people's shoes. And this movie puts you in his shoes and kind of lets you see like why his mind went down this road, everything kind of laid out perfectly for him to become the Joker. And yeah, overall I thought the movie w was fascinating and 
you know, I, I was unsure as I walked out, like I knew I enjoyed it, but I wasn't sure how much. And the more I thought about it, the fact is I'm like, I was, I was riveted the entire time I watched the film. I mean, it's a hair over two hours and not too incredibly long, but it didn't feel like two hours. It felt like it went by very quickly to me. And that's usually a good sign. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we get into the spoilers, I'll probably remember a lot of other stuff I want to say about this, but yeah, I mean, I just saw it last night. I'm still kind of just woke up and still thinking about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am very, very happy. I commend Warner Brothers for making a movie like this. Uh, you know, we, we've we talked a lot about how DC hasn't really handled Warner Brothers and DC hasn't really handled their cinematic universe all that well. Right. And it seems like they excel when trying to th- make comic book films that don't really connect anything else. You know, you, yeah, you've got your Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy that connect to each other, but not really connected anything. And those movies are great. And it seems like when they do stuff like this, it, it just works better than their attempts actually, so far at making like a shared universe. It actually, I'll, I'll boil it down a little bit more. And it seems like to me, they're good at making movies that involve Batman. <laughs> Because <laughs> that That's true. seems to be what they have a handle on the most. Um, well, Wonder Woman, I think, being a, an exception to that. With yes, being the exception to the to the rule. Because if you think about the uh, Superman Returns with uh, Brandon Routh as Superman, that didn't really hold right. as much as it should have. Yeah. But yeah, with the Batman movies, they seem to really have a handle on him and his world, whereas everyone else's. With, like you said, the exception of Wonder Woman, um, it's, you know, results may vary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think, and that goes into, I think they've done their best when they take these movies and try to make the Warner Brothers approach approach is seems to be a lot more like, let's make it as realistic and grounded as possible. And the Batman universe seems, I think, the easiest to do that with. Yeah. You know? When you do that sure. with some of these characters that truly have powers and stuff, it becomes a little more difficult. And that's why I think Marvel succeeded as let's not ground it so much and let's just make this like the comics. And it totally, mm-hmm. totally worked. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we go off topic, but I think uh, we both enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything else we could jump, jump into spoilers. Well, I am curious and, um, would you want to see another movie, a sequel? Uh, it's without getting into spoilers yeah. yet. It is hard. I definitely was sitting there as the movie was ending and then thinking about it after. Like, it's not going to happen. At least it doesn't appear like this is going to happen, what I'm about to say. But it would be amazing. With as good as this movie was, it just seems like it would be so amazing to then make a Batman origin story <laughs> film as grounded and gritty as this. And then a third film that would basically have them coming together. And mm. if indeed they made a Batman film like that, I'm not saying Todd Phillips necessarily would have to direct it though. He probably could do a good job and, and then have a third film where then they come together. I, it, it would be I mean, my, my, my opinion. Amazing doesn't that doesn't appear that that's what we're going to get and that's fine i'm excited about the the batman the film that we're getting next mm-hmm. but uh i i think that would be great 
but I'm also fine with this just being a one-off and it's over and we'll never see Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker again. And I'm totally cool with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes what, sense. what are your thoughts on it? Similar. Uh, I, you know, I, I like the movie so much to where I feel as though I, I understand why Joaquin going into it was like, okay, this is a one-off. I can do this because if anyone who's kind of plugged into this space knows he was originally gone offered the role of uh, Doctor Strange for the right. MCU, but he had turned it down because he didn't like the idea of doing sequels and appearing in other films. And, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't want to spend that much time doing just that one thing. And so for him, I don't I think a lot of the attraction may have been one, getting to play this character and putting his own stamp on it, but two, not having to return to it. Because uh, he has said in interviews, people have asked him, you know, oh, how did you decompress, you know, from the role? Or, or how, what, what was it like when you're not shooting and did you have to stay in character? And his response has been that filming the movie was, he had more fun filming this movie than he's probably had in, in a lot of movies that he's done that uh, there was no sort of tension after the after scene was cut. You know, it was just, he, it was a, a fun, at, you know, atmosphere, fun set kind of thing. So it didn't sound like he had to really go to some specific dark place and had to pull himself out of it after filming. But when you look at how he looked physically, I mean, I don't think he would want to return to having to do that again, just because of how skinny he is and, you know, that puts a toll on your body. So I, I don't know if he would want to do it from a physical standpoint and just from the aspect of him not really necessarily wanting to do multiple mo- uh, movies of a one character kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way you could see it happening is if, and again, I don't, I, I 99% sure this will never happen, but if indeed they did, he would take a break from the role and they made a second film that he was not in. That was, mm-hmm. you know, a Batman origin story film. And they took their time. They didn't rush into it and go like right into production. And, and then eventually then make a third film where a few years at this point would have passed. And maybe he'd be like, okay, all right, it's been a little while. I'll, I'll do it one more time. You know? Well, let's, I guess let's get the spoilers. There's one thing I wanted to mention in terms of, uh, how I thought maybe they could have played that out a little bit. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk about spoilers for the Joker from here on out. If you haven't seen the film, uh, as you can hear from both of our opinions, we, we definitely recommend you see it. No, this film is probably not for everybody. I mean, I would say not for kids, please. Oh, definitely not for children. Uh, No, not even close. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I was asked by someone that was going to take their kids, Oof. and I said, no, nah, this one's probably one they should sit out. Because uh, the consensus, maybe not a consensus, but in the small sampling of people that I've talked to that have kids or are or, or, or general people, they seem to be under the impression that Batman might be in here somewhere. And that it has like a, a still a superhero element to it. And I was like, no, this isn't that kind of movie. This is no type of, like, uh, powers or super people in this whatsoever. This is a, a dark 
look at uh, just a singular character from Batman's rogues gallery and it's taken as such. It's not a movie for kids and uh, uh, uplifting and happy type movie. Yeah, absolutely not. So definitely do not bring children to this movie. And I think it's a good uh, good thing to go into the movie with the right mindset. Like you just said, this is this is a look at a single villain from his rogues gallery and it's not a hey, I'm going to go see the Joker movie, that crazy kind of fun villain to watch in the Batman universe. Like, like you, we're not talking about spoilers quite yet, but like you said, it can, it can be a slow burn and it can take a while to get to the point that you see the Joker that you, that you know. And, but it's, it's not a, a fun campy version of the Joker by any stretch of the imagination. And if you're going into the movie, maybe with that kind of mindset, you may not, you might be kind of shocked and like, what, what am I, this is not what I wanted. So just know that this is a very dark take, a realistic take on on the Joker. So with that said, we're going to talk about spoilers from the film from here on out. You have been warned. So you, you sound like you wanted to start with something. Yeah, so we were basically talking about the idea of you, or, or uh, the idea of Batman in a in a second film in this world, and then maybe a meeting of the two in a third movie. And when I was watching this movie, after it finished and after I had time to kind of roll it around in my head and, and think about it and sit with it, um, I I was thinking what I would have liked to have seen because I had the thought of, do I want to see a sequel to this movie? And there's a part of me that says yes, because the story is not finished and the, and the, the story goes on because there's Batman. And so there, there's that unanswered question in, in my mind of that meeting, what this world's Batman would be like and look like, and, and then have him meet up with this Joker. So, um, in my head, I, I thought, oh, you know what would have been kind of cool to sort of satisfy both aspects of that for me to where, OK, we don't get a sequel, but then we still kind of get Batman is if it the movie would have, let's say, uh, flash forward maybe 15 years into the future. And the scene is showing Joker doing something very chaotic and then whatever it is in some sort of abandoned warehouse or, or some setting. And then you see shadows of the Cape and different things. And then, um, Batman bursts through the door and Joker's like, hello, Batman. And he's laughing and then it cuts. And then that would have been the end. So it's like, you kind of get a little taste and then it kind of ends and of course, more people would probably want to see how that goes and how that plays out. But if he was only just doing the one, at least I get a little bit of what that Batman looks like and, and kind of feels like in that world. And then, um, you know, it ends and you just get that one movie. But that's how I'm sort of thinking about it. I mean, I agree with you that it would be cool to have gotten that kind of scene. It almost sounds like the kind of thing that would be almost like an after credits kind of scene. Um, yeah. or mid credits kind of scene, however you want to put it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I think the problem there is though, that kind of ending feels a lot more like a, Hey, we are teasing toward a future film, mm-hmm. which it sounds like we're not getting. 
you know, and I think when you end it that way, you're going to have even more people going, all right, so where's this going? And then you just disappoint a bunch of fans when (laughs) Warner Brothers goes, well, no, we're we're not, we're not doing anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, you you would definitely run that risk. Yeah, I, I think include I, I was actually still surprised i knew that thomas wayne was in this and i knew that uh bruce i had heard that bruce was going to appear as a child so i wasn't surprised by any of that um i was still a little surprised that we got as much of young bruce as we did not that, that, mm-hmm. not that we got a lot but that ending of again seeing the, the death of his parents and that yeah. that final shot of you know when he was what I think that happened when Joker was then in Arkham and talking to the doctor. And then we see that shot of him standing next to his dead parents really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It did, That's definitely the kind of stuff that fed my desire to go, man, I really wish they would make one or two more films, <laughs> but I was surprised that we got that. I was glad. Uh, and it sounds like you have an opinion on, on the, uh, the killing of his parents. In one sense, I was glad it wasn't a, a big thing. Like it happened. It was very quick. It was not like a, a drawn out. Okay. Here it is. The death of Bruce's parents, <laughs> kind of like the Zack Snyder treatment or a lot of the other treatments we got. It was just like, boom, they're, they're gone. And here he is watching it kind of straight face and just kind of the child actor was, yeah, I don't know, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I, as I was saying it, I remembered, but I was going to say, did he actually have any lines of dialogue? <laughs> because he was stoic most of the time. I can't know, remember if he ever spoke at the scene at the gate. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he did. I don't think he I did. Don't. And yeah, like the kid is just very like, like especially that shot. Like his father gets shot, and he's just like I glance back at him, who he's standing yeah. behind the parents, and he's just no reaction. No I'm reaction. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, which I guess could be shocked, but at the same time. It didn't even look like he got frightened by the the shot. You know, it, did, it just looked like he just had no reaction. I'd have to watch it again, which I do plan on trying to watch again. But, yeah, it just didn't look like he had any kind of reaction. No, no reaction. And the argument could be made that in, a, in his backstory with his family in this version of, you know, the Waynes, that maybe he's a little more disconnected from his parents in general. I mean, they're a rich family. You know, he's probably being taken care of by um, Alfred. Alfred, sorry. <laughs> Alfred a lot more. <laughs> maybe that's why he's not as emotional. I don't know. But it did, it felt really weird when I glanced at him and there was just no reaction whatsoever. And then yeah. even the shot of him standing there, it's still just the same face. Like, just oh, here, here are my dead parents and I'm standing here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it felt. Yeah, I thought it was a cool shot. Like of that when Joker was talking and they go kind of flash back over to him standing there with the parents. I don't. There's something about the way I I like the the, sh- the way the shot looked, but yeah, that that's my that's my quick take on the us getting to see the death of the Wayne parents again. Yeah, and my quick take is that, um, yeah, I just it's a there's a running joke of. How many times can you see Batman's parents get killed <laughs> and how many times can you see Uncle Ben die? I mean, it's like right. it, it's a true thing. And I honestly thought that they wouldn't show it in this for whatever reason because of that partially, but also because 
it ne- didn't necessarily feel needed in a, in a way because we all know what happens. I thought it would have been just perfectly fine if uh, they go down the alley and you see that Joker guy in the mask go down the alley too and, and not go back to it because we all know what's going to happen there. Yeah, so, I agree with you. You could have done that and not actually seen the shooting and then still had that yeah. shot at the end with him exactly. standing there. That that would have been better. I agree. Yes. Yeah. So that's all I, I my thought was to actually show it once again. It just seemed like, OK, well, we, we know. But um, the the whole Wayne thing in general, honestly, I felt maybe not that it was forced, but it didn't necessarily add anything to the movie other than to tie it into Batman's world, I feel like. Because if you take it out, with the exception of him kind of learning the information from Thomas Wayne that his mom adopted him and sent him on that aspect, but if you take out the Wayne stuff, it it, it doesn't really change, per se, the, the, the character of who, who he is or what, what's going on. And it felt like it was only doing it in service of the fact that, hey, this is Batman's world and here's the connection to it. So I felt like um, that was its most comic booky time is when the the Wayne stuff was in there. Yeah, because you could see that they could have just had a, a rich politician or something. Right. It didn't have to be Thomas Wayne. And then it would have been a lot more fitting to... to I mean, because this was going to be another question of mine, your take on their take on Thomas Wayne. Like, Thomas Wayne is a character, for the most part, we've always seen interpreted as this father figure who is a pretty great father figure. And here we're getting a, a I wouldn't call him slimy. I mean, no. overall, he seems like he could be a generally nice guy. He's just, he's taking this position of, that's not as likable as you normally we so. see for Thomas Wayne. And, you know, if you, you wouldn't have had to have take, made, taken a character like Thomas Wayne and made him a little more unlikable, you could have just kind of used anybody. But, yeah, I, I wonder if in the development of the movie, if that's the kind of thing that was more of a Warner Brothers, hey, we, we know we're not going to have Batman in this, but we at least need to tie it somehow a mm-hmm. little bit to the Waynes. Or if that was a, an original decision by... You know, Todd Phillips, the writers, I don't know. Yeah, and, and I think um, with the this version of Thomas Wayne, I was fine. Because this whole thing, like I sort, sort of said in the past, is an Elseworlds story. So it, you can play with uh, those characters in a way that they're not specifically who you know them to be uh, from at least canon comics. So. Right. Uh, I, I was fine with the fact that they kind of made him a little bit douchey and, and um, kind of not necessarily connected to the people that he is, uh, I, I guess, lives with and lives around. And he's sort of part of the problem in a way. Uh, it, it's, as you said earlier in, in the review, it kind of mirrors today's times in some certain ways without getting specifically political. And... Um, it's funny when I was watching the I, I'm not sure of the actor's name that played Thomas Wayne, but I just remember thinking that initially the role was offered to Alec Baldwin and he, I think, accepted it and yeah, then turned right. it down the next day. I forgot about and that. So that's, 
Yeah, so that's all I saw when I was watching the movie. I didn't even I saw the actor, but at the same time I was picturing uh, Alec Baldwin in the role, and it seemed like wow, yeah, that would have been sort of a really good fit if Alec had done the yeah, role. Yeah, that would have been. But <laughs> I think he probably they never he never specifically said why he turned it down, but I think he probably got shook by some of the online conversation that was going on at that time about the the movie itself and then be because there had been some sort of leakage as to oh you know um thomas wayne fathered a, a bastard child and he's the the joker and, and joker and and bruce are brothers and so because it was literally like the next day it, it seemed like he had took it and then the next day he said nope i'm out right <laughs> so it was kind of interesting but um yeah i i totally pictured him in in that role and I was like, yeah he would have fit pretty well there uh one thing that comes to mind a slight negative for me that i wish they didn't have to do was that reveal of you know he's in uh what was zazie beats his character's apartment um sophie i think is her name Mm, and it's that moment when it's kind of explicitly revealed that you know she hasn't been there like oh really you didn't like that no what i didn't like oh well i liked it what i didn't like was that they explicitly had to show those shots of like here he is with her and she's actually not there and here's another shot of here he is with her and like you know as soon as she walks into the room and she's like your name's Arthur, right? Like you, you need to get out or whatever. Like it's immediate, like, Oh, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't need to see like the shots of the know, visual cues, the visual cues, which are making that, it more like, Hey, in case you're not getting, catching our drift here. Like, yeah. I'm like, eh, I mean, I get it, but it wasn't this, I'm this is very nitpicky. It's fine that they did that. But part of me, mm-hmm. as soon as they started showing those shots, I'm like, Oh, you don't need to do this. Like, I get it. We're cool. You know, there's something interesting in that, in what, what you're saying. And um, I started reading articles after watching the movie. And because we learn in that moment that Arthur is an unreliable narrator, because we think one thing while we're seeing one thing, yeah. but it's really another. <clears throat> uh, some people have theorized that towards the end of the movie, when he is let out of the cop car by those people wearing the choker mask, and then essentially when he wakes up and everyone's cheering him on, that that's all in his head too. And so what one person had theorized is, I saw two different takes on the same aspect, is that they both thought, okay, all of that is in his head, that him being cheered on by Gotham and, and everything else is in his head, and that when you see him in the Arkham uh, Hospital later on, uh, towards the end of the movie, that two different ways that can be interpreted. One is that he's been there uh, the entire time, and he's just been sort of mentally, you know, in his head about everything. And then the other one was that he he died in that car crash with the with the cops when it, when the ambulance rams it because everything is all white and you know pristine and clean and when they showed the uh, the Arkham Hospital earlier in the movie it didn't look so clean and you know uh nice and tidy and stuff but basically um 
a lot of different things that I was reading has the take that it can, it's sort of ambiguous as to um, if that was real or not, just because he's been established as being an unreliable narrator and so much to the point where um, they were also questioning whether or not uh, Thomas Wayne actually did cover up the fact that he had some sort of relationship with uh, Arthur's mom. And that's what drove her insane was him covering it up uh, or driving her insane is him covering it up and sort of uh, trying to sweep it under the rug and denied it. And that broke her mentally and and caused a whole chain of uh, events that you kind of gets revealed in the movie with uh, regards to Arthur. So I was like, you know, I didn't necessarily think that much of it. I think it through that way. So it makes me even more want to see it a second time to see if I can kind of pick up on some of that as well. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on that, that idea. Yeah, I had some of those thoughts. Like, I get what you're saying. And you could do that, I guess, all day with the yeah. entire film, like you're saying. You know, what's actually, I mean, real in terms of the story and what's not. And I guess it's, I think, like you said, it's just kind of open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely was wondering at that final scene is, is this like an acknowledgement? Like none of this has really happened. I don't read it that way. I'm choosing not to right. read it that way. <laughs> and what you're saying with the white, I hadn't really thought about that. Like him actually just being dead. That's, that's definitely another way to look at it, but mm. I, I don't look at the film that way. And I don't know. I haven't read like now that I've seen the movie, I haven't gone out and kind of read a lot of interviews or seen interviews with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix yet. And I'm not sure if it's the kind of thing that they would acknowledge. I would, I would assume that they probably wouldn't say, but I'd be curious if they did kind of give, no, this is what we were intending to say here, (laughs) you know, but I, I kind of see it as that, that that's actually the only stuff that was really like not that in his head was mostly really what was explicitly acknowledged as being in his head, which is the girlfriend, if you want to call her that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the movie does does go out of its way to go. Nope, this is not this. None of this actually happened. Like he was at these places, but she was right. not there. And yeah. <clears throat> that that moment of him r- truly coming into his own, of standing on top of the cop car, and everyone like finally acknowledging him, and him like kind of being who he almost was meant to be feels like the kind of thing that that really would happen in the mm-hmm. context of the story. I don't really see that as a him like imagining that or yeah, that's, right. that's where I stand. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of there with you basically. And most of that is just predicated on the fact that it's, it's Joker and it's a Joker movie that is right. part of a larger world of a Batman movie. And, uh, there's no need to, uh, Fake that in a way, right? Uh, it, it, it just seems logical in general because it, it, you know that unless they were really truly trying to do something revolutionary and different, to where um, you know this is a one-off and, and they just killed off the character and Batman goes on to be created, but just never has Joker in his rogues gallery. 
then sure, but I think they would more explicitly say that instead of leaving it ambiguous in that way. So I just read it as um, all those things were real. I mean, and the, the things that weren't were the things they showed us. The, the funny thing about you bringing that up, and especially that end scene of him in Arkham, and the idea of none of this, all of this just being the story he's telling this woman kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? The funny thing about that is I don't remember if I said this to you or I forget who I said this to, but like leading up to the movie and I think after we saw a trailer or two for the film, I know one of my thoughts was, hey, this would be interesting if this movie ended up being like not just a single take on an origin story for the Joker, but like two or three different takes. And in in the end, it's just Joker like screwing with us and not really like revealing his true origin story. Kind of like the the Heath Ledger take of the constant different stories right. about the cuts on his face. And that, in a way, kind of plays into that idea. Kind of. But uh, I'm still not reading it that way myself. Yeah, no. It, it, but it is interesting conversation, though. Yeah. Um, you had pointed out and I would agree there was points early on or throughout a lot of the movie that I was like man this is a slow burn like yeah you kind of want to get to the point of him donning yes. the makeup in the suit you know and yeah. in the end I don't I haven't seen the movie a second time yet I'm sure I will but I don't dislike the the slow burn but at the time it's like you can't help but just be like all right man like I want to see you as the Joker Yes, that was my main, uh, aside from the Wayne stuff, that was probably my only other criticism of the film is that I could have done with maybe one less um, empathy play. I, and I, I call it that just because, you know, there's they're setting up these different things to where uh, the world is cruel to Arthur. And so these are things that help send him on his path. So I could have probably done with one less of those inciting incidents to push him down that path and a little bit more time with him uh, as the full-fledged Joker because that's when, you know, the movie pops up a notch is when he's full-fledged Joker. So I would have wanted to live within that chaotic world of him as the Joker as we know him a little bit more because we only get a, a, a nice little taste of it towards the end there. And so I would have liked to have seen him as that Joker, just for a few more minutes, you know? So, and not that the other stuff that comes before it isn't good or fascinating and interesting. It's just, like you said, I, I you know, I want to see that Joker that we know and, and do that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, especially considering it doesn't appear we're going to get any more exactly. Joker. Exactly. It's like yes. he was so good throughout the film but especially when he's actually the joker that it's like all right i want to see him as the joker for a bit mike yeah. and you don't get a lot no yeah i'm with you but that's pretty much it yeah yeah any other thoughts anything you wanted to bring up uh no not specifically i i mean i think they did a really good job of making this kind of a character piece because you really live a lot with the character of Arthur. And even though there are other people in the movie uh, of note, like Zazie Beetz, uh, they don't get as much time. And, uh, I, and that's to the, to the 
benefit of getting more of that time with Arthur and Joaquin Phoenix performance. But yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't have mind seeing a little bit more of some of that supporting cast in there and doing what they're doing. But overall, um, I think they did a really good job of focusing in on him and, and his life and uh, what he goes through. Uh, one scene I, 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 if you said you, uh, your friend had asked you, what's your, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite scene? Uh, and how that's kind of hard and difficult to answer because you're typically it's, it's probably going to be connected around some sort of violence, really, if you, if you were to give one. And for me, that scene, I think I should say it in a way that frames it a little bit better is what scene stands out to me yeah. uh, the most. Um, I have a feeling I, I know say, which one you're going to say, but I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, I would say for me, well, because there's honestly, there's maybe a good two or three that I could pick out. There are. But the one that is, for me the most is um, when his old clown friends come over to visit him in the apartment. And uh, he ends up killing the guy who gives him the gun, but letting the 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 uh, little person go, but because he was good to him, you know, he never did anything bad to him. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of quintessentially Joker. Like he he can be unpredictable, and you don't know if he w- is going to kill the guy, uh, the, the 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 little person guy. Because he could just very much well do that as well. But he's like, um, shows a little bit of uh, sanity in that, in, in, in his reasoning, you know, that he's just going to let him go because he didn't do anything bad to him. But uh, yeah, that that's probably the scene that stood out to me the most. But. Yeah, that that's the scene I thought you might say. Okay. And I would agree with you. Like, I, like I said, I haven't necessarily myself picked a scene, but that, would, that might be it. You know, it's a mm. power. It's a powerful scene, and it's easy also to put yourself in the the shoes of the friend that he lets live. You know, mm-hmm. standing there and watching this person kill somebody else right in front of you, and you can tell he's not all there, and you don't know. Like, oh my god! Even the moment when he says, "Yeah, I'm not going to hurt you. You can go." Mm-hmm. Like, but then he can't get out of the door. You, you could you can feel that, Oh my God, now he's having to, I'm stuck here longer yeah. and he's having to get up and stand, come over near me to open the door and Oh God, please let him just let me go. And mm-hmm. and then there's the hesitation and it's, it's, it's a good, powerful scene. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything else either in particular that I wanted to bring up. I guess a lot of the stuff we brought up was the, the little things we didn't care for, but Right. There's a there's a lot to like about this movie, and sure. uh, I definitely recommend it. With the things you know in mind that we mentioned earlier, that it's definitely not for everybody. It is most certainly not for kids, and it's it's I think it's good to go into the movie with my right mindset. But with that, um, you know, we normally on this uh, we've been talking about our box office battle bet. Uh, we're recording on Saturday, so we don't have that to talk about yet. So we'll probably just, you know, tweet out our results for that. If you're if you're wondering how we're doing this weekend, and uh, I guess we're gonna wrap things up. Um, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. We are also on Instagram and Twitter at Flickr underscore effect and on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Flickr effect. Uh, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>